You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So, this morning we, I want us to look at some scriptures and then we'll pray. But I, I title this, By the Covenant of Our Fathers. Okay? By the covenant of our fathers. When I say our fathers, I'm talking about the patriarchs. I'm talking about our fathers in the faith. I'm talking about our father Abraham. I'm talking about people like Moses. I'm talking about people like David. These are people that walk with God and had such a major, um, major impact even on our generation. The things that have been written in the scriptures are things we still go back to and we're still able to derive a lot of, a lot of inspiration, a lot of direction and a, um, a lot of admonition from them, from their lives. Just looking at how they walk with God. But one thing I want us to, or one thing I want to emphasize is the need for us to go back and look at the kind of agreements they had with, the, with, with God. And how it can impact our lives. So that when you stand and you declare certain things, you know the premise upon which you are standing. Are you following me? Yes. So, we're not people that just, that just make empty noise. I know some people do, but you need to know what you're standing on. You need to, you need, you need to know the legal premise upon which you are able to exercise authority. Are you following me? So, why don't we start, let's look at the book of Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. From verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to, he, to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Okay? Now, this was, um, this was after Abram had had Ishmael, he had, he had messed up. And now the Lord appears to him. So you see, the Lord can appear to people. Okay? Yeah, the Lord can appear to him. The Lord appeared to him and didn't just appear to him, he spoke to him. He says, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. In other words, this relationship that we have, it's a serious relationship. 
You can't afford to mess it up with another Ishmael. It stops now. You've messed up, okay? You've messed up, but that notwithstanding, I'm coming to you, and I want this relationship to go to the next level. Sometimes when we mess up, what do we do? We run away from God. <laughs> Is that not so? Yeah. I notice that a lot of times when people start avoiding when people start avoiding the presence of God, they start avoiding the people of God. I don't need any discernment. I just know they've messed up. And so they don't want to be where the light will shine so that they, their, their sin is exposed. They don't want that. They want to be where no one can see. They want to remain in the dark. But fortunately for Abraham, you see, prior to this, in chapter 15, God had entered into an unconditional covenant with Abraham. It was an unconditional covenant. In other words, Abraham, there's nothing you can do to stop this. So even your sin could not stop this covenant. That was serious. That's the nature of the Abrahamic covenant. So God now comes to reaffirm and to confirm this covenant. And he says, I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Can you see that? All right. So in this covenant, there is multiplication. There is what? Multiplication. So if you are walking in this covenant, expect to experience multiplication in your life. So if you begin to fight for multiplication, you can stand on this. Okay? This is a legal document. He says, I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and talked with him, saying, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of what? Many nations. You shall be a father of many nations. Now, if nations come out of a man, what does that tell you about that man? That means the man is greater than the nation. Is that not so? Yeah. You cannot give birth to what is greater than you. Is that not so? Yeah. So, nations will come out of you and that is to tell you that Abraham is above the nations. And that's the kind of covenant this guy was. Standing in. 
And that's why in the book of Romans, we are told that God made him an heir of the world. So all the nations of the world, he has them. He gave them to Abraham. And if you can, if you can connect your faith to that, and you can say, by the covenant of my father, this must happen. Am I making sense? Okay. Then look at what he's, look at what um, God says. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And I will make you exceedingly what? Fruitful. And I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. Think about that. So this covenant produces kings. This covenant produces fruit. It makes you exceedingly fruitful. We need to start tapping, in, tapping into this covenant so that our lives can be exceedingly fruitful. Are you getting me? Enough of barrenness. It's time to be fruitful. He says, I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. Imagine... This one man giving birth to kings. What does that tell you? He is greater than kings. Hmm? He's greater than kings. So, he now says, I will establish my covenant between me and you. And what? And your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be gone to you and your descendants after you. Hallelujah. So you see, how many descendants of Abraham do we have here? Okay, that's right. According to Galatians 3, right? Yes. So, by that by virtue of that, we can begin to draw from this root, this covenant root. So, we can now say, by virtue of the covenant that God made with my father Abraham, I demand this. Hallelujah. And it's interesting, it's, it's here, it, this was the time that, that uh, it was after this that God came to visit Abraham and then Sarah conceived. So the point is this, there is the need for us to go back and begin to look at 
the, 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 the agreements, the covenants. And if there are any conditions, go begin to look to see what is going on. What is God promise, What has God promised them? And how does it apply to me today? How can it apply to us today? I demand that you begin to walk in the reality of this covenant. Do you know that this is what the nation of Israel is enjoying? Yeah. This is it. They just, they just believe. You will never find a Jew who, who believes that, who feels that he's, he's inferior. You never find that. No matter their situation, they always feel they're on top. <laughs> Why? We have the same covenant. We have the same covenant. In fact, we even are at an advantage because of Jesus. Come on. Yeah. yeah. So, in this covenant, the point is that there is a lot that we can draw from. And there are things that you can begin to experience by the covenant of our fathers. So, what do you want? What do you want? I want, to, I want us to look at a scripture in the book of Luke chapter 13. Remember the time that Jesus healed one woman? In Luke chapter 13. Uh, the woman that was bent over. Yes. From verse, verse, verse 10, it says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Okay? But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And Jesus didn't pray. He just told her. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. And glorified God. Can you imagine? This woman had been like this for 18 years. Couldn't look at the sun. And Jesus immediately speaks and commands her to be loose. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. What hypocrisy. Can you see why Jesus used to be angry at the Pharisees? Then the, then the Lord answered and said, 
Hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the store and lead it away to water it? Don't you do that? So ought not this woman, being what? A daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Think of it. For 18 years, be loose from this bond on, on the Sabbath. So Jesus was linking this miracle to the covenant. You see, Jesus is saying, look, this is a daughter of Abraham. By right, she's entitled to healing. Jesus had not yet gone to the cross. So there was no saying, oh, by his stripes. He had not yet gone to the cross. But this particular miracle was hinged upon the covenant. This was a daughter of Abraham. So today, if God's people can understand the covenant that God has with our fathers, we can be loose for many conditions. Are you getting me? Yes. Jesus just spoke. Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. The Bible says that the spirit of infirmity had bound her for 18 years. 18 years. Think about that. That spirit was very much at home until Jesus came. But it was by the covenant. Hallelujah. By the covenant. The fact that she was a daughter of Abraham. Do you remember the Syrophoenician woman who went to Jesus and said, Jesus, my daughter is tormented by a demon. Please, come and heal her. And Jesus said, it is not fitting to give the children's bread to dogs. In other words, she was not part of the covenant. But the children of Israel who were the um, natural descendants of Abraham were entitled by right to the healing power of God. So Jesus says to her, no, you can't have that. And the woman said, yes, but even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall off the table. And Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith. So her own miracle was not linked to the covenant. It was not linked to the covenant, but it was linked. It was her personal faith. Come on. Yeah. It was her personal faith in Jesus and in God's mercy 
Because when she came, she was saying, have mercy on me. Look at it there. Matthew 15 from verse 26. But he answered and said to her, it is not good. Okay, let's read from verse 25. 25. She came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. All right? Now, there's a place where I think she was, did she ask? Um, let's read 24. Twenty-three, sorry. <laughs> Twenty-two. <laughs> okay, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Can you see? She came, she appealed to his mercy. So that miracle was a demonstration of mercy. Not necessarily covenant. Okay? She came, she said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Now, she could link, she could, she identified Jesus' lineage. She linked him to David. Hallelujah. Son of David. And she was accurate. Because God also had a covenant with David. Are you getting me? Yes. So she appealed to his mercy. And she could also see that he was royalty. Son of David means he's a king. And a king has has the authority. A king can decide. A king's word is, is law. Yes, it is not fitting, but if you can only have mercy on me, the crumbs is enough. The crumbs is enough. Just one crumb is enough for this miracle. And we know the story how Jesus was impressed by her faith and her daughter got healed and delivered. So the point is this, you need to be able to operate, not just by your strength. Do you understand? Not just by your effort. Although, yes, you should put effort. You should do what you can, but don't depend on that. Link it to the fathers. Link it to the covenant that God made with the fathers. And I tell you what, <laughs> when you begin to live like that, you begin to achieve more than your efforts. <laughs> you begin to experience the kind of favor that they experience because you, you are connecting to the root. Hallelujah. Look at another example. 1 Samuel chapter 17 where 
exploits are done by the covenant of our fathers. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, here we see the story of David when he met Goliath. Hmm. This guy had been, I mean, this was, this was a giant, a champion who had been fighting from his youth. And now, he is terrorizing the nation of Israel. For weeks, nobody could face him. And David comes to uh, bring some food to his brothers who were um, in the battlefield. And when David comes, he notices that this giant is insulting the people of God. <laughs> David, just a teenager, heard this. And he could not believe that all these great captains and generals are listening to all this nonsense, doing nothing. Then we see here, David says in verse 26, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Can you see? Circumcision. What is circumcision talking about? Covenant. Yes. In Genesis 17, where we read, if you read down, that was when God gave Abraham the sign of circumcision. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? What gives him the audacity? What legal ground is he standing on? <laughs> and we know the story how David decides to take him on. Why? He was standing on covenant. Hallelujah. Yeah, David had a bit of skill. At least he could, uh, he could um, throw the sling. He had the skill. He had learned that. Okay? So some skill is good. You cannot just fold your hands and say, by covenant. <laughs> by covenant, in Jesus' name, I'm, I'm full. By covenant, in Jesus' name, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to work. By covenant, I am uh, whatever. No. He did what he could with what he had. Am I correct? Yes. And it's interesting, he took five stones, he used one, and that one stone he was able to use to take out Goliath. The point is that that stone 
it was not just depending on David's skill. It was also depending on covenant. Hallelujah. It was also depending on covenant. So, David was able to draw from that connection. He knew that Abraham, our father, had a covenant with God. And I am part of that covenant by circumcision. This guy is not in covenant. At least not with this God. Maybe he is with Dagon. That had been defeated. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, when you begin to face life, you need not to face the challenges of life alone. Are you getting me? And when you are going to fight, don't fight alone. Fight by rehearsing the covenant. Go back to your roots. Hallelujah. Go back to your roots. Therein lies what it takes to defeat every Goliath. David had five stones. He only used one. It's interesting. Later on you read, you find that Goliath had brothers. And there were four brothers he had. Who later got killed by David's men. <laughs> so he was armed and ready for all of them. Hallelujah. So by covenant, he took Goliath out. By covenant of our fathers. Do you know the covenant? Do you know the covenant of our fathers? Do you know what you are standing on? Do you know the legacy you have? In the covenant, do you know? The, do you know? Do you know the 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 the, um, the backing that you have? If you don't study the covenant, you won't know. Heaven is behind you. Hallelujah! Heaven is behind you. Doesn't matter how things go, you need to be rest assured that the outcome will always be positive. It will always be positive. Why? Because of the covenant. Do you believe in that? Yes. Yes. And you remember Exodus chapter 3, when God, when the Lord spoke to, um, to Moses, it was by covenant that the Israelites were led out of Egypt. In Exodus chapter 3, let's look at verse 16. In Exodus 3, 16, it says, Go, gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, 
of Isaac and of Jacob appeared to me, saying, I have visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. Can you see that? He says, and I have said, I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they shall heed your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now, please, let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. He says, but I'm sure the king of Egypt will not let you go, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. The God of your fathers. God remembered his covenant. May the covenant begin to manifest in your life. Amen. I pray that you will begin to see the hand of God like never before as you begin to draw from the covenant. Hallelujah. By the covenant of our fathers. By the covenant of our fathers. If you look at Psalm 44, look at the psalmist says from verse 1, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers told us, the deeds you did in their days. In the days of old, you drove out the nations with your hand. But them you planted. You afflicted the peoples and cast them out. For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword. Can you see that? It was not by their own sword nor did their own arms save them. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them. Hallelujah. So, so he said, look, we have heard. Our fathers have told us. They have told us. And now it's written. We are reading it. They had swords, but they didn't need to use the sword. God fought for them. Hallelujah. He fought for them. And I know God is going to fight for us. Amen. Yes. He's going to fight for us. He says, you are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. May the Lord command victories for us. Why? He is our king. Pharaoh is not our king. Come on. Yes, Satan is not our king. God is my king. 
And he just needs to command. And it will happen. I believe that there is something that has been ignited in our lives. Do you believe that? I have a very, very strong assurance that there are major, um, major battles God is fighting. <laughs> He's fighting for us. And things will just, you will just notice a turnaround. Things will happen swiftly. He just needs to stretch his hand and things will happen. Hallelujah. While you continue to put your faith in the covenant, while you continue to put your faith in the covenant, things will begin to happen. Should I show you another covenant example? Look at 1 Kings chapter 9. God honors covenant. In fact, he's called a covenant-keeping God. Is that not so? Yeah. So sometimes when you want, when, when, when certain things, when certain things are happening, you need to get to a point where you get into a covenant with God. A personal covenant. God, this is I covenant this and this and that. Of course, you must keep it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the time will come that that covenant will start speaking. Yeah, it will speak. First Kings chapter 9, and it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire, which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Now, if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever. As I promised David your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Hallelujah. Now, let me pause there. God is telling Solomon, look, I've heard your prayer. Okay, I've heard your prayer. And I have come to answer that prayer. I've put my name on this place. But this covenant I'm making with you is conditional. If you will obey me, if you will 
keep my statutes. If you will walk in integrity like your father did. I'm going to establish your throne forever. Why? God had already established a covenant with David. And said to David, your throne is forever. And that's why when Jesus came, Jesus came on the throne of David. Hallelujah. And for, it, for eternity, Jesus is going to rule, but he will sit on the throne as the son of David. Can you imagine? Because of the covenant. Hallelujah. Say, by the covenant, by the covenant. With, our with our fathers. Yes. So even Jesus came as God in the flesh, but he could not override the covenant that has been made with David. Being the root of David, he still will remain on that throne. Wow. And we know that, that Solomon missed it. He didn't fulfill his part. And because of that, he lost his place, right? But guess what? God still preserved the nation of Judah. Why? Because of David. Because of David. Out of the 12 tribes, 10 tribes were scattered, were taken away. Two tribes remain because of David. The covenant God made with David. God says, I'm going to preserve this place because of the promise I made to David. And we need to live our lives in such a way that God will also begin to make covenant with us Amen. on behalf Amen. of our children. Amen. Do you understand? Amen. Yeah, God will begin to do things in our lives, in, in the lives of our children because of our integrity with Him, because of our walk with Him. Your walk with God can be so deep that generations after you, people will be experiencing God. Why? Because of you. Hallelujah. By the covenant of our fathers. I want to, I want to get to a point where if Jesus tarries, when my great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren will be walking and experiencing certain things with God, and God will tell them, it's because. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So we need to continue. Hallelujah. To press in. Don't be short-sighted. Don't only look at yourself. You need to lay a solid foundation. Abraham's obedience is what we are enjoying. Can you imagine? We're enjoying Jesus' obedience. We're enjoying David's obedience. The Bible talks about the sure mercies of David. That's the covenant that God made with David. We can tap into that today. So what are you going to leave behind? Hmm? All right. I think enough said. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www 
www.everynationmidrand.org.